this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6700 XT Revealed. All right, it's all broken. Okay, uh, I guess we yeah. can just sort of skip that till later. <laughs> Should I do the intro I'll, all over again? No, no, we'll just, we'll just roll with it. It's uh, I'll, I'll edit edit and post. <laughs> so all go right. ahead, Gordon. <laughs> Welcome to the full nerd episode one. Okay, and Adam is still talking there. So here we go. Welcome to the full nerd episode one seventy. I'm your host Gordon Mong with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elaine Hughes here. It's very early. And Adam Patrick Murray is not playing the intro music. Oh, I am making all sorts of mistakes here this morning. I, it's early. It is early, but I mean that's no excuse. I I should. Oh man, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. We 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 watched a video that was the there was a countdown to the countdown to the premiere to the actual reveal <laughs> of a GPU with with Scott Herkelman. Uh, that was a. That was, a, that was a nice little tight, concise video. Uh, he didn't have to pull the box out from behind him because the box was out like behind him the whole time. So no, no guessing yes. what should, it was. He should have hit it. He should have put like a uh, bunch of spatulas or something in front of it, just as like an Easter egg. <laughs> actually, that would that would actually be a really fun kind of like you know kind of kind of like you know pushback against some people who mm-hmm. have kitchen. Uh, accessories and or, videos. That would be. What if the uh, what if the the box uh, is made of recycled spatulas? You know, it's it's eco friendly uh, and or uh, pull it out of the nice microwave. Pull it out of a microwave. <laughs> I always it's... feel like they should do something different than spatulas, though. Like mm. maybe pot holders because it's just too hot to hold. <laughs> too hot. Too... Well, then then it implies that it's hot. I... Any, anyway, we should talk about what we saw. Well, what did we see, Gordon? <laughs> we should actually talk about AMD's products instead of the competitors' uh, products. So obviously, the big news is Radeon uh, RX 6700 XT. Uh, I did write a story about it. You can read that on PCWorld.com. But uh, the big news, uh, there's two big things. I'm going to I'm going to preload you. One is the card itself. We're going to talk about that. Second part we're going to talk about is what AMD's done to try to get more of these graphics cards into your hands. So uh, first, we're going to talk about the card itself. I don't know, if Brad, you want to do it? Or do you want me to just go over the specs? I got them in front of me. We you can go over the specs, and I'll chime in if I need to. I don't think we need to run the slides if, unless you really want to, Adam. But basically, 40 compute units, 24, 24 game clock. Uh, this is AMD's reference card. Uh, 96 megabytes of Infinity Cache, 12 gigabytes of GDDR6, which AMD says gives them a boost. We'll talk about that later. 230 watt uh, board power. Price for seventy nine availability March eighteenth, March eighteenth, and also they talked a little bit about the cooling. It's got some really advanced cooling on the reference design. Uh, also supports DisplayPort one point four and HDMI two point one, I believe. Yep. It basically should box, you know, should shadow dance with an RTX thirty seventy. But the pricing sort of puts it a little bit below a 3070, so it sort of indicates where this card's going to fall. For where yeah. it's going to fall, they ran some performance slides at 1440p, which this card is targeting, obviously at almost $500. And it sometimes it beat the 3070, which costs 500 bucks. Uh, sometimes it fell just behind the 3070. So it seems like a fair price for what it is. It's not as Drastic as an undercut as what you find with the 6800 series versus 3080. But, you know, it, 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 
the performance claims come true, it looks like a competitive price in today's market. Yeah, Adam, you want to run slide five? This actually is probably the, the big meat of this. If For somebody looking for a current-gen GPU, they actually show uh, performance against a 3060 Ti and a 3070 uh, versus the 6700 XT, I imagine the reference card. Uh, in Assassin's Creed, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Cyberpunk 2077, Dirt 5, Gears 5, Hitman 3, uh, Watchdog Legion. Pretty much back and forth. Do Brad, do those games seem pretty fair? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, people are like, well, you're picking games that, that like you, right? You work with the developer, they run better in your hardware. Those, those games seem like they're mostly pretty fair assessment or yeah it definitely does uh it's mostly you know it does they're mostly direct x12 games which is worth noting i think because amd tends to perform better on direct x12 but that also is the way the industry is going that's a totally fair allotment of games if you ask me it, it does favor games that amd performs better on but that's what you expect watchdogs legion is obviously an nvidia title and amd shows this card performing behind the 3060 ti and 3070 on that so yeah, you know, and they actually good on them show, for showing that. Yeah, and, and and again, you know, this is one of those things where, I mean, I'm they're not going to pick all bad benchmarks, but they have a couple where they are a little bit slower than a 3070. I think it's because they don't want to set the story that to expect better than 3070 performance all the time, but clearly good. some of the times, trade years five, they're slower. Yeah, you trade blows. It's a fair, it's a fair assessment. Of course, partner cards might be better. Um, and then for people looking for an upgrade, because they understand a lot of people are going to be, most people are not going to be looking to upgrade from a 3060 Ti at this point. Um, but they do show it against a 1070 Ti, and which no one ever bought, and the <laughs> 2080 Super. And it actually does surprisingly well against that Super. I was really surprised. Does that seem like that sort of jives with what you would believe, Brad? I mean, I know we haven't seen the card yet, but... 1070 Ti is pretty old, but a 20, 2080 Super is... It's 2070 Super, isn't it? No, it's, no, it's 2080, 2080 Super. 2080? So they're showing it basically outperforming a 2080 Super. This is that's, slide three, Adam. Right, that Creed. slide, the, uh, those games, aside from possibly Cyberpunk, do definitely favor AMD. So that is probably some of the best case scenarios for it. Okay. Because, I mean, 2080 Super... I don't think anybody would recommend you throw away to go buy a new card. Yet, no, so. especially but, <laughs> with how much these are going to actually cost. Right. <clears throat> but I was actually surprised that um, we don't really have to run these slides, but they really are pushing 1440p gaming because the card, the same thing as with, honestly, you would agree at 3070, probably you shouldn't buy if you're going to be playing at 10, 1080, right? That's a little little too much card for a 1080 res. Unless you're looking to do like esports at a crazy refresh yeah. rate. Yeah. But I was actually surprised that they're saying um, a really good sign, this is really worth calling out, especially for this card, is 1440p monitors are really doing well. On slide two, Adam? They're basically saying this is IDC data, and uh, which is a, 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 our cousins, basically. Uh, basically, 1080p monitors, they're up 23%. No surprise, people are buying more panels. But 1440p panels are up 44%, and 4K panels are up 41%. So when people I, are buying new monitors, they're buying, yeah. they're buying more uh, 1440p I'm not panels. I, 
I, I, on the other hand, would like to point out that this is a prime example of how percentages can be misleading because the overwhelming number of monitors sold today are 1080p. So the plus 44% for 1440p is coming from a much smaller number. So it has a bigger gain right. in percentages as more people buy them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if you have a, no, if you sell in 100 1080p monitors, if you sell 102, that's a 2% gain. If you're selling two 1440p monitors and now you're selling four, that's a 100% gain. So percentages yeah. are wacky, but they're definitely on the upswing. I won't disagree with that. Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> I, I do think there's, you know, it's always tough, but I'm going to imagine a lot of people bought monitors because they were stuck at home. This yeah, last they're year. getting cheap. They're getting cheap. Gaming yes, monitors true. are getting very affordable right now. So if you haven't looked to upgrade in a while and you're getting sick of your old 60 hertz 1080p monitor, like go check out prices. Like that's the one technology that you should consider upgrading right now. Yeah, no, definitely right. And the thing that's surprising though is that people are buying because you know we're sort of we built we're built on the belief that 1080p will never change. It clearly is slowly changing if people are buying it. But the other thing that I was actually very interested at is slide. Oh, I, I numbered that incorrectly, Adam. Oh, that's right. Oh, I know. The the <laughs> the display shipment growth over year for high refresh versus low refresh, and this really kind of blew me away. And I I'm I'd love to get more data from it. I need to I need to ask our cousins, but um, they're saying that a hundred hertz over hundred hertz panels, so high refresh rate fourteen forty p panels are ninety eight percent growth. Yeah, but so. I think, again, that kind of goes to what Brad was just saying in terms of what the percentage really is representing. Because if you look at what was or what is being sold right now, it is very common to find high refresh rate panels right. um, at those resolutions. Um, I would say that more often than not, when I see things that are for and on sale, they're almost more common than your standard 60 hertz displays at like 1440p. So I think that influences it a lot as opposed yeah. to people having like a, a one for one choice where they're like, oh, I could choose between the 60 hertz panel where I could get the high refresh rate one. Oh, I'll just get the high refresh rate one. Right. So you're saying that it's just basically the default. Nobody's going out of the way to pay a bonus extra for that, right? I think it's a little both where it's like the, the vendors are pushing it. And so because that's what's available, that's kind of what you get to choose from. And so if you specifically are looking to save money, then you have to kind of dig around a little bit more actually for a 60 hertz panel at 1440p. I'm excited about it because high refresh rate 1440p gaming to me is like the experience sweet spot for PC gaming. Yeah, no, I I agree. Although I think for work, if you're going to do a lot of windows, have a lot of stuff open High refresh is nice. Honestly, I wish I had a 5K or 8K panel at this point, but I think for gaming, yeah, 1440 is uh, 1440 high refresh is a sweet spot. But can I point you to slide four, Adam? Oh, yeah, you can. Here uh, we go. This basically, Brad, I want to ask you, basically this is a slide AMD says, today's games use more memory, 1440p, again, that ties in that 1440p message, 1440p gaming at max settings, Look at this. We got Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, using more memory, Dirt 5, using more memory, Hero, Horizon Zero Dawn, Red Dead Redemption 2. Basically, uh, they have these lines on there for 8 gigs and 10 gigs. And by the way, it's under 12 gigs, which is what the new 6700 XT has. Do you think this holds any water? But I know that AM, 
when I talk to AMD, they're like, yeah, it does. They do think it makes a difference, especially as you're playing at higher resolutions to have more of a larger frame buffer. So they think it matters. Do you think it's mm-hmm. really all it's going to change uh, it horribly? It does. I am glad that they included 12 gigabytes in this. Uh, something I pointed out while we were watching the stream itself is that this, if they're using their previous method, previous methodology like they've used with the 6800, is showing how much the games allocate to memory, so make available to the graphics card memory, uh, not necessarily what they use. For example, I know for a fact that if you play Horizon Zero Dawn at 1440p on ultimate quality settings, it'll, it'll run just fine on an 8-gigabyte card. So what a game allocates to memory isn't necessarily what is used. That being said, we are starting to see more and more games at 1440p once you crank up the features, especially once you start adding ray tracing, like in the case of Watchdog Legion, which isn't on this, start to get real close to that 8 gigabyte line. So I definitely think 12 gigabytes is much more future proof, uh, especially with the consoles starting to get, you know, they have the 16 gigabytes of onboard memory. Hmm. So, okay. I, I would be fine with the eight gigabytes. What's not said in this slide is that the 3060 Ti and 3070 both have eight gigabytes, and that's the reason, you know, AMD's making a big deal about this. And I would be fine buying that and expecting to be able to run on ultra settings for a year or two uh, without issue in the vast majority of games. But I think 12 gigabytes will make it so it does handle those outliers, you know, much more admirably. So I have a question. Um, and this is like the stuff of chatter on forums before. So, you know, when we're looking, when we're talking about the amount of VRAM, like how much does the bus size play into it? Because that's something that's been discussed here and there. And I don't think we know what the size of the bus is for this card yet, do we? Um, uh, you can figure it out with math. I haven't yet. But <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering if that actually is going to make that much of a difference. Because, you know, we're just talking about allocated versus what actually gets used. Yeah, memory uh, bandwidth, right, matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so each chip has 32 bits of bus size allocated to it, basically. And the more, the bigger the bus, the more overall memory bandwidth it, it generates. Uh, it's a little trickier with AMD's cards of this generation because, again, we don't know the details for the 6700 XT yet, but with the 6800 series... They were actually able to use a smaller 256-bit bus because of the infinity cache. That's basically a large on-die cache right in the GPU that takes a lot of the pressure off of the memory bandwidth. So, you know, we're going to have to wait and see how this one holds up in the real world because the 6700 XT has a 96-megabyte infinity cache compared to 128 megabytes in this pricier cards. But I wouldn't be worried about memory bandwidth. And I just want to—I know the 3060 Ti is a a, a GDDR6 card. Mm-hmm. Is the, the 3070 is it a six plus or is it nope. a six card? Okay, no. Nope. So, so basically, all three those three contenders really in 3070 and the 600 XT are basically based on the same same memory. It's not like it's. Yeah, the much much higher speed GDDR6 plus in the 3080. Yep, yep, yep. And I would guess this to have a 192 bit bus, by the way, just like the 3060, since it has 12 gigabytes of GDDR6. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and the other thing I, I also want to point out is AMD says, uh, I was like, well, because they they do say uh, ray tracing performance will be similar to previous cards. Is that 
how is that, Brad? Good or bad? Or uh, yeah. uh, that ties into the bummer for me of the stream. Like, I'm happy there's new cards available. I'm actually really curious to see how the 6700 XT handles because it's basically the same setup as the 5700 XT last gen's card, the same amount of compute units and everything, but with all the RDNA to advantages. So it's a really good example to see what happened generation on generation. But the thing that held back the 6800 XT and 6900 XT is its ray tracing performance. And not so much necessarily actually its ray tracing performance because it is a little bit slower than NVIDIA's, which is on the second gen ray tracing at this point, but not tremendously so in raw ray tracing performance. But AMD doesn't have a DLSS competitor yet. It was talking at the 6800 series launch that it, it's working on one. It's called Fidelity FX Super Resolution. That's hard to say fast. Uh, and to expect to hear more about it soon is cross open standard, cross-platform between the new consoles and PCs. Expect to hear more. I was really hoping to hear something more about it today. But aside from displaying the graphic on one slide in the middle of the presentation, they didn't touch on it whatsoever. And without a DLSS rival to help get back performance, because ray tracing hurts performance a lot, uh, these cards are going to lag very hard behind the NVIDIA cards and ray tracing, I think. But here's so here is the good news. Of course, AMD would spin it because um, everybody likes to 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 put their their take on everything. Uh, I was like, well, ray tracing. They're like, yeah, you know, we have ray tracing. Ray tracing we recognize is a path developers are going. Some are going quickly. Some aren't going that quickly. And like, hey, by the way, we got forty games with fidelity FX features. Uh, Series Sam Four, Flight Sim, Evil Genius Two. There's a slide with all bunch, whole bunch of them. Uh, basically, the messaging is like, yeah, ray tracing's great, but let's be honest, not everybody's using it. What we are seeing though is a lot of games are adapting our fidelity FX, and part of that is, look, it takes longer when you do open standards because you got to get everybody to agree. It's like trying to get four coworkers to agree to go to lunch. Where do you want to go to lunch? I don't know. I want to go to McDonald's. You want to go to Jack in a Box and you're fighting about it, right? With that takes a little longer. So they're saying, but we are now to the point where they have 40 games with Fidelity FX. They're saying what is working now is that message of open standards, Xbox, PlayStation. Develop for all of them and PC at the same time and our hardware do all the same optimizations. You get that. And they're saying that's finally starting to pay off dividends versus the NVIDIA just saying we're going to, you know, KFC for lunch. That does, that's different. So, uh, that's their messaging there. Do you think that holds any, does that work for you, Brad? Did my Jedi mind trick work on you? No, <laughs> no that all makes sense. But yeah, it still needs a DLSS competitor. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, super resolution is. We'll have to see. Right, that definitely at, is a big advantage for them. Yeah, super resolution. If it comes out, if it works, you know, I don't expect it to be as effective as DLSS when it comes out. I could be very wrong. Who knows how they're actually making it? Uh, but DLSS is hardware based, so like Nvidia puts hardware in there to run DLSS. This is going to be open source and not have dedicated AI cores. So I don't expect to be as good, but if it's good enough, I mean, we just need something. And I was really hoping to at least see, Hey, here's an early look of this 
you know, running Borderlands 3 with Fidelity of X Super Resolution on. This is super early alpha. Everything's subject to change. But here, look, it added 30 frames a second. Hmm. And I, I just think that is something that a lot of people are waiting on and uh, disappointed that it wasn't touched on whatsoever. Right. Not here anyway. We, that doesn't mean they're not ready to roll it out, but at least at this moment, they're not talking about it. Uh, and of course, the last thing I do want to talk about, if you watch the AMD stream, <laughs> every fifth person posted out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. It's just <laughs> be, the frustration of, of gamers, of, of enthusiasts, of DIYers, people who just want to build a new machine with a shiny new current generation GPU. You can't get them. Scalpers and miners have wiped it out. I do want to talk about their plans to fix that or at least address it. Hopefully one, they, they hear, they feel your pain. They, they know people are upset. They know people are upset. They, they again said it. They said they, they understand there's a lot of frustration out there. Here's what we're doing. Uh, first thing, this might make you feel better, although they didn't put a firm number on it, is they said there is, quote, significantly, unquote, more cards this time around. So definitely there will be more cards around. Also, part of that is <clears throat> when this card goes on sale on the 18th, you will be able to buy the AMD reference board that you are seeing here with the, the dual fans and... You will also be able to buy all of the partner cards, the Asus, the MSI, the Gigabytes, the blah, 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 blah. The main, you know, before in the past, what would happen is AMD would roll out its reference card. Uh, that would just be out there to see the market, just to have something for consumers to buy. Well, all of the card makers made their own custom designs. This time around, everybody's going to hit on the same day. So you will be able to buy adding boards from partners and you'll be able to buy AMD cards at the same time. Hopefully the miners and, and scalpers just won't scoop them all immediately. I guess the thought is if there's just more targets and more cards, maybe you got a better chance. That's, um, that's, that's good info. That's good news because I think at the 6800 series launch, and less so at the 6900 series, but to a little degree. Like when the 6800 series launched, they launched with the reference cards first, and there were shockingly few. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you know, don't freak out yet. They're probably just holding them for the partner cards that are coming out in two weeks. Then the partner cards launched a week or two later, and there was not a, a, a shocking amount there. So people were kind of let down from that. And they're like, Oh, we're waiting for the partner cards. We're expecting a bunch, but there aren't. So I think releasing them all on the same day is smart to give people a realistic view of what's going to be out there. But if, if it does all launch on that same day and it just immediately sells out, then it's definitely a toilet paper launch, right? It's go, it's going <laughs> to all sell out immediately. Even if right. they had tens, they have tens of thousands, but they had hundreds of thousands of these. They're going to sell out. But I just want to point out, Again, I'm being real a stickler pedantic about statistics, but to have significantly more cards available at this launch is good. That's great. We need more hardware out there. But the 6800 series and 6900 series launched with so few cards. If you look at the Mind Factory data, if you look at you know retailer data, if you hear what we're hearing from board partners, that if they launched with 50, 6,800 XTs. It was more than that, but they use that as a number. If they only have 100, they can say they doubled the shipments. It'd still be an actual small number in the right. real world. So again, <laughs> statistics are weird 
Right. Just we'll putting to... that out there. Be a no, smart consumer. I hear you. Well, you know? <laughs> number though. Like, yeah, there's no they number. Just said significant, right? So yeah. I, I right. feel like, honestly, unless it's going to sell out, we know that. Yeah. But yeah. significant is not going to make, I think, a real dent unless people are hearing on forums that, like, let's say two thirds of everybody who wanted one got it, where like two out of every three people are saying, yes, I got one. Because then that at least gives hope it's to other happened. people who didn't get that. But I feel like just saying it's a, a significant amount. And if it's still only like one third of everybody who wants one gets one, that's not going to make people feel better. Unfortunately. I mean, it, ain't, it, ain't, it isn't going to be a third. Uh, if it, it's a tenth of people who want one, <laughs> no, I, I would be psyched about that. Because again, <laughs> like... If you look at the used market, like even two generation old graphics cards are selling for more than they launched at five years ago. And that's where we are. So no no matter how many of these cards they put out there, it's not going to be anywhere near enough. Yeah, it would never be enough. But, you know, I, I just think that they're the, trying, though. They're trying. And I think the way I sort of described in the story, it's like, you know, I think, is it crabs or turtles? They're hatched on the beach. <laughs> And then when they, they're born, they're like, get to the water, get to the water. And they're all getting to the water. And the, the seagulls are coming down. <laughs> well, if you only have 10 crabs, <laughs> believe me, <laughs> those crabs are not making it to the water. If you have 100 or 300, maybe 400 crabs that are trying to scramble to the water, you might get 10 or 15 that make it to the water. But I just kind of like. This is a new one. Well, the I actually, I, I those binders this morning and, and I cracked up sitting there. Right, it's just like that, right? Because you can see, like this, this radiant car is trying to get to a gamer. Rawr, miner gets it. Oh, I got it to get a gamer. Rawr, scalper gets it, and it's just. New t-shirt idea. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Have you ever seen those National Geographic? It's like I feel so bad for those crabs. You know, nobody likes seagulls. Nobody likes them, and they're just eating all the crabs. So it's just like. But I, I think that's I, that's. <laughs> I like that Sorry. they have so many. They're making a big deal out of having so many with system builders and OEMs. That sucks for people like us who want to buy a graphics card. But yeah, at this point, I think that's a good way to get more actual cards into people's hands because yep. buying standalone units are ridiculous. Elena did a great article a couple months ago about how if you want Ryzen 5000, new RTX 30 series, new Radeons, like, go get a pre-built PC if you can spring for it, because that's way cheaper than trying to buy just the GPUs alone, which is crazy. Is. So I'm glad they're doing this. And it also shows how much inroads AMD has made with PC builders, because years ago, they're like, PC builders are like, oh, we sell Intel parts and NVIDIA parts. And these days, you know, between Ryzen and Radeon, AMD's done a lot of good work to get them into 40 different PC makers on day yeah. one. Yeah, and that's actually intentional, because, you know, I was. That was the very last step. Is they're they're saying they were were making sure there's allocation to pre-builds and OEMs because miners and scalpers are not buying whole systems and, and taking the cards out of them. It's just too much work for the for it. Mostly, some might, maybe some extreme cases, but that is it, it was. It's an intentional plan by AMD to like if all the DIY cards get swooped up by the seagulls, we'll at least put them in these these. These pre-built, and you know what? If you're on a, you're on an older machine, maybe it's just this is the only way to get a whole new machine. It's just or a, you, a you buy the whole pre-built, take the card out, swap it for your old card, give it to your uh, your kid, you know, and, and no, happy. no. What you do is you buy the pre-built for fifteen hundred bucks. You take your old PC, pull out the GTX ten sixty, 
and sell that for 700 bucks. Oh. There you go. You just pay for it. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Uh, profit. Yeah. You know, profit. I, yeah. I think there definitely was some pushback because people said, well, we want them in DIY not to, you know, we, you need to sell more cards to DIY channels rather than to push them to OEMs and, uh, and, and builders. If I think if AMD did that, all they would do is feed more cards to scalpers and miners. You would not get yeah, them, right? Well, they're just too fast. They're too good. I too think I do think as much as people get really complain about like you're prioritizing OEMs and DIYs, at least these people should. are selling you the machine. You know, it's it's like I, I know it's not great for everybody, but it does seem like uh, at least uh, one option. So I, I I think that's what people need to understand with with the fact that they are they are allocating to OEMs and and, and builders as sort of a stopgap measure. Uh, I, I got to say one, one thing when when he was just about to to talk about availability, you know, and, and kind of go into this. I j- just for a, a brief second, I, I, f- I felt some hope in my chest of like, oh, is AMD switching to like some sort of queue system or something? Like, are are they gonna gonna take the EVGA queue system and, and uh, adapt it? And I was just like, ah, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I did yeah, just I for a too. small second. Just for a small second, felt that that uh, that hope rise up within me. But uh, yeah, I mean, and now the, you're the, now you're feeling bad again. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's the uh, the and there's a lot of people in chat. I mean, every every uh, e- even from when we started early this morning, people just talking about availability. That's that's the thing that hurts right now. You know, um, I, I, I at this point, I don't see anybody saying that they should have just held off on the launch uh quite yet i guess we'll we'll wait for that particular They'll brand probably of comment, say that when but... the card actually launches uh, yeah, yeah yeah i you mean people would want them to build up even more inventory and then yeah, yeah. launch it is that yeah you know the, 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 there's is that feasible i mean the, you know no nah, it doesn't work <laughs> that's pe- people say yeah. that that's an option uh why why not just hold on to it until it's uh you have enough and then release it uh but well yeah. it's, what's it's, enough though People need to understand, yes, this sucks. This sucks for me, too. This sucks for everybody. Uh, but the demand really is that great. Like, again, look at the fact that used graphics cards from four years ago are selling for more than what they yep. launched at. Like, no matter how many cards AMD built up, it would not be anywhere near enough. No matter how many cards NVIDIA builds up, it would not be enough. All they can do is get as many cards as they can out there quickly. So I'm personally, I, I prefer them to announce new cards and get them out there so that people can actually be buying them. Agreed. Because honestly, when we start seeing things like the 1050 uh, Ti coming back, it yeah. makes you realize that if they just held on to it, we would get to a point where like what the GT 1030 would start becoming in demand because you can't literally get anything else. So it's good to at least have something you know, partially helping with even just a small fraction of that demand. So it's not turning the whole entire, like completely higher ecosystem into just something terrible. The well, good news you- is Ethereum actually has been on the downswing over the last week or so. So the price oh. of Ethereum, which is the cryptocurrency, which is a big driving force behind miners wanting these, is worth quite a bit less than it was a week ago. And where I just looked up the 1060 on eBay, GTX 1060, and they are selling for significantly less than they did a week ago. So hopefully this trend continues and things start to get back to normal. But even if the GPU mining bubble bursts, remember that the 3080 and 3090 came out before 
this mining bubble started. And it's just the pandemic reality. Shipping sucks. You know, manufacturing sucks. Logistics sucks. Like, demand is through the roof. So just, you know, be patient. I was just, it's interesting because I was looking at uh, a couple system builders. I was blown away because they had, I was like, oh, what's a seven, what's in a seven or $800 gaming PC now? It was like a GT 1030. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, where the hell do you get a 1030 from? Like some of them actually had 1030 SKUs. I was like, what? This is so crazy. we got. <laughs> and even pre-builds are showing signs of this. So like when I was looking this up just more recently, so I, I originally wrote my article about, you know, using pre-builds as a way to get your hands on the newer hardware back in December and looking at it again, just like a couple of weeks ago, it has gotten so bad that the smaller of, um, uh, system integrators like they're already showing things like what you just saw Gordon like the last like bastion of uh, decent pricing are the big OEMs because they buy in such bulk and it's taking longer for them to get through that stock so that they can kind of hold on to better pricing for longer oh. but uh, I'm kind of worried that that's going to start swirling on the drain too if things keep going as they've gone yeah. Uh, well, the, you might... know, they they did show at the end of the the whole ecosystem thing. Uh, there was that little scare. That I I think somebody. Um, I think it was a joke where they said that that miners figure out a way to mine on a, a PlayStation Five. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> there was there was a there was a picture going around the other day, but it was a it was a leaked one, uh, doctored one. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, they, they did show that slide. I mean, they're servicing desktop. They're servicing the you know the. Uh, console gamers uh and then they did touch on a little bit on the the laptop gamer as well i i thought that was interesting to kind of tease for the next time uh some people are, are waiting yeah, for the, these kind of cards to get to uh laptops but yeah and i do want to say i good i was just gonna say but that that's not even safe from the uh the miners at this point i guess so nope we've seen well the although i will say it's not as bad as I thought it would be because I was like, uh, I, I went and looked at availability availability of 30 series laptops, um, I think about four days ago. And I was like, how I try to get a feel for it. And at Newegg, they still had maybe four or five models. And it feels like what some, uh, like what kind of sucks though is some of the configurations are just way jacked up. I think what, some of the laptop makers have decided to do was have ultra premium SKUs because they figured, well, if we price this thing at three thousand dollars, the game, you know, miners are not going to pay three thousand dollars for a laptop and you know deal with that because it's just you know it takes so much longer to make the return on that. So you know, you, you're I was seeing laptops with you know two terabyte SSDs and sixty four gigs of memory, you know, just kind of like wow, these are really high spec laptops and they were still in inventory and also do want to talk a little bit about there was a little bit of a tease although not that much but uh they did say rx 6000 series laptops coming soon so we should see basically uh, an rx 6000 in a laptop i'm going to guess with ryzen as well possibly even with intel but soon not exactly saying when and oh they previously said first half first half so first half so it's getting pretty close to the first half i'm gonna expect that and also the other big news i'm gonna i'm gonna check because there's always there's some value here elena uh ryzen 3000 getting uh smart access memory support 
That was nice news. Yeah. Was that happy about that, everybody? Yeah, I was surprised that they let off with that news, though. Yeah. That that to me was not maybe the biggest thing I'd want to hear out of the presentation. Well, I think it was just kind of like that, you know, AMD has really gotten really good at kind of like, hey, here's a bonus. You know, we care about our community. We've been working on this. We're going to now offer Smart Access Mermaid on Ryzen 3000, which just is going to take time. But uh, they're saying it's going to happen really soon now. So I I think that was the point of it. It's great news. I'm not saying it's not. I was just surprised a little bit about the order of, you know, the announcements. It was just an appetizer. It was just an appetizer is what it was. So, And uh, for for the... uh... The dumber people in the room, like myself, to, the, does that mean that the motherboard manufacturers are going to have to push out some sort of uh, BIOS, update BIOS update to to allow for this? Yep. Does that mean that they're uh, it's it's supported across all motherboards? Or, or I mean, that they they made it sound like, hey, it's going to get that support. Uh, you know that that everybody's going to get it, but that but there are probably going to be some cases where you're not going to be able to get it. Yeah. right? like if you're on there is no too low end of a yeah. motherboard or something. There is no information on what chipsets, what boards would support it. I would imagine it's always going to start at um, the higher-end boards because if you paid for a premium motherboard, you're going to get that um, support service first. It may or may not trickle down to the lower end immediately. It might be six months from now but because it does take time to make sure it doesn't break, break everything. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be for the high-end. Uh, you could honestly see an argument that, look, if you bought a $78 motherboard, you don't care about smart access memory. What, <laughs> what are you, are you running a, a 6,900 with that in your $78 yeah, right. motherboard? I, I don't think, I think you can make the argument that there's no real return on doing the, the work on that. And for what it's worth, oh, that made noises, uh, that's what we're seeing on the Intel side of things. So AMD kicked this off with smart access memory at Ryzen 5000, but it basically, you know, is AMD's branding taking advantage of a PCI spec, PCIe spec called resizable bar, which NVIDIA just rolled out itself with the RTX 3060 and Intel started bringing to its own motherboards via BIOS updates, as Adam was saying. And what we've seen on that Intel side of things, because they're retroactively adding it, like AMD is going to be doing with Ryzen 3000, is it does definitely start with the higher end stuff. It's the Z series boards, and it trickles down. And we haven't seen them on the ultra budget boards on the Intel side yet. So I would expect something similar on AMD. Well, and a uh, good yeah. question and from uh, I Juan, also... uh, Juan Rodriguez is asking, does this mean the 3400G counts as Ryzen 3000? Would that get support? It... It's it's thirty four hundred. That's, that's last time I checked. That was three thousand. Well, that's no, that's by sec. numbers, but it's not going by the actual. You know it, exactly. That's that's why I was like they they you know they it, it seemed a little too general. You know uh, pause. So I have that slide specifically right here in front of me announcing Ryzen 3000, 30, 3000 series getting smart access memory. Uh, footnote at the bottom of the slide says. Not compatible with Ryzen 5 3400G or 3200G. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Got to read the fine print. Actually, can you get a little... What was that What was that person's name again that asked that question, Adam? Uh, Juan Rodriguez. Because I'm looking at the, the, the note that I have on my press deck, and it says, specifically, does not work with Juan Rodriguez's 3400G. <laughs> Works with everybody else's. <laughs> Not yours, because you asked about it. But no, it's not going to work. That's an older 
That's an older Zen. Could you imagine, like, what? What did I do? <laughs> Man. One yeah, eye. APUs, those APUs, like like uh, Gordon just said, those APUs are built on the previous generation Zen parts. So Ryzen 3000 was Zen 2, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. But the, the APUs, the 3400G and 3200G, were actually built on second gen Zen Plus. So that yeah. probably plays into that. That was that, you know, usual sort of three-card Monty. Um, they, manufacturers often do to bring... Uh, product lines, make them all line up. You'll see, you know, old products called new products. Everybody does it. So, um, and kind of I mean, APUs don't have dedicated memory, so this wouldn't be a big advantage for them either. Because the whole point of smart access memory is the CPU can look fully into the GPU's memory, and these APUs with Radeon graphics on board don't have dedicated memory, so it would make literally no difference for. I mean, it. it's all the shared same same uh, shared memory then, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, system memory. Yep. One last thing I'm going to say is for smart access memory, of course, they're doing it on Ryzen 3000. They're doing it on Ryzen 5000. Is you going to do it on Intel? Because I can't buy no Ryzen 5000 right now. Uh, I asked AMD that specifically and says, well, look, we're, we're not announcing anything, but we work with all our partners. Read between the lines there, right? As far as whether or not smart access memory will work on the Intel boards? Oh, yeah, they're totally going to like yeah. read between the lines, but they're going to because it's resizable yeah. bar. And if Intel supports resizable bar, these these cards will support it. Yeah, they're sort of pressured to as well because NVIDIA and Intel are doing it. And if you're not doing it for Radeon, it's then NVIDIA will then call it some cool name and then mark it against you. So they're going to have to do it. <laughs> That's what AMD did this time around. And I think AMD, I think they were actually smart to start with this in Radeon Boost and Radeon Anti-Lag because those are all actual technology features that are helpful and useful to gamers that AMD actually has pioneered in recent years. And so I'm glad that AMD started this resizable bar resurgence, even though they put a branding on it. I'm glad to see it become the standard. That's what AMD has historically done. And that's what's happening again here. What I like is the, the counter shade thrown by NVIDIA though, because NVIDIA is a company that everybody accuses of putting fancy names on existing technology. But, you know, for for bar, they're just saying, uh, uh, you know, bar in it would it bar asterisk a standard of PCI Express because it's like the ultimate like this is not even special. It's not even special. Look, we're it's just like what? You know, I thought that was I mean, they they do the same thing for um, uh, for ray tracing. Right. You know, they say, hey, you know, there's a difference between RTX and DirectX ray tracing. Uh, Anybody can use DirectX ray tracing. RTX is a kind of a, a separate thing uh so yeah which yeah. I, they, and they did touch on you know the the ray tracing stuff so uh yeah too bar too bad we didn't get much on the the super resolution to to get with that but you know there, that's, that's actually like i was excited i was excited to see the graphics card launch today because you know i always like new hardware even if it's hard to buy but i was i was really really hoping to see more about super resolution kind of could, that we didn't see more could they tie that into talking more about the laptop parts because on a laptop you would definitely want to try to you know bring back some performance because they're probably going to be cut down versus the desktop parts so maybe that's the time to talk about it definitely they could but they could but this was definitely you know a big graphics card focused event that has its own stream so it's in the spotlight so it seemed like this would have been a good chance to tease it in some way yeah 
I wonder if it's not quite ready yet. I mean, that's what you would sort of guess, but we, we really don't know when it's going to come out. I don't know anything about it other than working on it. I'm real curious to see how it winds up working. Uh, so for uh, yeah, somebody... It, who, it does feel like they need that to compete. Uh, somebody in the chat earlier... Oh, God, I'm sorry. I, I, it scrolled by too quick. Uh, somebody was asking, uh, do you think this is a, a worthy upgrade over a 5700 XT? Obviously, you haven't tested it yet, so... I have yeah. not tested it yet, yeah. But uh, I would guess no. Typically, generation to generation is not worth it. You typically want to wait two generations. Uh, yeah, so my guess would be no. It has the same number of compute units. It has the infinity cache. It's clocked like 500 megahertz higher. It's going to be faster. Like with the pricing and the graphs that they show, it's going to be closer to 3070. So which is faster than the 5700 XT, but not enough so that you'd want to go out and spend 500 bucks on this, I think. Hmm. 500 bucks if you get it at retail <laughs> price. It- <laughs> Yeah, was there any announcements for partner card stuff? Uh, they just showed the baseline price of what was it, four seventy nine? Yeah, partner cards are always up to the individual partners, and they wouldn't put this stuff out before AMD's official announcement. So we'll have to see if it gets announced in the coming days. Speaking There's a lot of them, though. though. Real quick, uh, I was kind of interested in the fact that they put theirs at only twenty dollars under. 3070 for msrp like i feel like in a a more normal world that 20 dollars would have had much more of an impact than 50 bucks but nowadays yeah nowadays it feels like they'd have to cut much deeper for it to to really matter like i just because availability is so bad so i kind of wonder at this point if and you know obviously everyone chat will have to tell me like i i feel like until availability gets good, uh, it's really just going to be a matter of what's available. Like people aren't going to be making the, their decisions on MSRP. It's just going to be what's available and how badly is it marked up. Yeah, I'm 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 not mad at AMD for the higher price. Not that it's a higher price if it competes with the 3070 and it's 20 bucks cheaper. That's great, but I'm. Not mad at AMD for taking a bigger slice of the pie because if these cards at retail are selling for like they priced the 6800 series at 650, the 6800 XT, so 50 bucks underneath the 3080. But actual partner cards were retailing for closer to 800 bucks, and then when you could actually buy them, they were selling for much more than that at retailers. So all that extra bonus on top. AMD doesn't get a slice of any of that if they price the MSRP lower. So I don't mind AMD pricing this a little bit higher so they can get in on some of that action now, you know, making hay while the sun shines or whatever the the, the phrase is. I'm worried. I hope that these higher demand and mining induced prices don't become the new norm next generation when things are more safe. Although I I don't know if, yeah, I know it's really because it's, how do you price something in sort of this insane world? I, I do wonder, like, they could have just said 500, but, you know, because they know it's going to sell for above that, then I, I... It's the reviews. It's the reviews. Because the 20 bucks, yeah. you know, it being under a 3070, if it manages to beat 3070, <clears> the <throat> trade blows with it, being 20 bucks later, it'll tie into the reviews. Like, all you can do with reviews is go off of MSRP and what it should yeah. be. So having that little bit of a price difference does make a difference for the PR side of things. But by pricing it up higher, 
rather than being competitive in price, it, it does. It lets AMD get some of that action where right now it's it's not. It sells the, the GPU and the memory to the board partners like Sapphire and Asus and all them for to hit that $650 price tag for the RX 6800. Then they sell it for 800 bucks, and then the retailer sells so, it. And AMD doesn't get any of that extra bit, so I don't mind the price of it. How, I, do, I do wonder, how are you going to factor the insane market we're in right now to your review? Because typically, any reviewer, you, yeah, you're right, you base it on the MSRP because that's supposedly what it's sold at. And your review doesn't basically run until the cards go on sale, typically. Mm-hmm. How do you even factor pricing into current conditions? I, I don't know how anybody has been able to do or will be able to do it for the next few months. Yeah, it's going to be hard. All you can do is give you give your you know opinion based off what you think people should pay for this card. And I think for me, I'll probably say... I wouldn't pay more than X amount for this card. Even today, I'd go play GeForce Now just to get my weekly plug in. Uh, it's not actually a weekly plug. I just think most people should go play GeForce Now rather than paying $800 for a 3060. Uh, CMC uh, Knight just <laughs> said like a minute ago, like, can we get a shout out from Brad for GeForce Now? Pretty please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. Perfect. But, I, yeah. but yeah, you, but can, it, you, can, you can discuss it, but you got to base it off what it should be. And, you know, offer that value proposition and acknowledge that you're not actually going to be able to buy it for this. I mean, it's totally going to depend on each person and what they're willing to spend. Yeah, that's a hard thing because I think there are people willing to spend it because, you know, if you just you've been trying to get a, a graphics card for, you know, four months or three months now and you're just like, you know what, forget it. I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. I don't care how much of a, of a hit I take. I I. I guess you would want to know the performance of the card. It's like because it changes weekly, daily almost, sort of like the value, performance value proposition. I, I don't know how how you review it and how somebody even buys a card because it's it's insane. You check every 10 minutes and it changes. It's, it's a luxury item at this point. If you can get like, one, you buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it, it makes more sense for this. Like last week we were talking about the 3060, which hopefully I had a review it for. I finally got my card. Uh and I was saying those aftermarket cards, that card's supposed to be 330 bucks. Aftermarket cards are priced at 500 to 520 And there was no way in hell I would pay that for 30, 60, a 60 class card because that's a 1080p card. And you can play GeForce Now. You can play Stadia. You can play all kinds of things like that. 1080p, pretty good. This is a 1440p card, and you can't play that over cloud gaming or any of those alternatives really good so this is a bit more worth it to spend up if you're looking to spend up and power your 1440p monitor but it's it's going to depend on pricing and what you're willing to spend i mean hopefully we get some stimulus checks soon so if you got stimulus checks you want to help the economy out go buy yourself a 6700 xt from new egg <laughs> I, I don't know brad i mean i i i think geforce now is awesome but i I think there's a certain point where if I were to build a new machine and I were playing a 1080p, I want a I graphics just, card. If I could get it for $500 and it's supposed to go for 330, I think I might just pay 500. Of course, you can't get it for $500 anyway, right? Those things are no. all gone or yeah. That's what the official pricing was. The official pricing was 500 to $520. So to actually buy them from the scalpers and everybody who was actually able to get them is more than that. That's just not worth it for a 60 class GPU. Right. A thousand dollars is no, that's the weird thing is I've seen weird price compression where 
a 3060 will go for $800. And I swear to God, I saw a 3090 for like $1,000, right? It was like $1,100. So I was like, well, this can't be right. I was like, almost going to buy it. It's like, what? That's crazy. But it's just like, it just didn't make sense for it to be that low. It didn't make any sense where that one card was so close to such a, uh, a marked up other card. Some people are. Of yeah, that's what I was about to say. No. People are doing that on eBay. <laughs> you look at the asterisk and it's a picture of a 3090. <laughs> but even, I guess, even like this is a certain point, like, well, if I'm going to pay $900 for a 60 class card, Shoot, it's twelve hundred dollars for an eighty class, two hundred dollars more. Why don't I just do that, right? <laughs> Even though that's like twice what it should cost, right? I think it's going to be up to each person. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just because it's also a different class of buyer. Like somebody who's in the market for a thirty sixty class card is probably going to feel that two hundred dollars or however much difference it is versus somebody who's buying that higher tier card. That's why for the people in the higher tier class, they they don't mind just buying a thirty ninety because they are already willing to spend you know so much more money to begin with. Right. But yeah, yeah no. this 6700 XT is different because it's 1440p, and I expect it to cost a little bit more. But, yeah, it's just going to depend. Um, CMC Knight uh, follows up and says uh, he got got the shout-out from GeForce Now. Now we just need Gordon to wring his hands. Uh, that's- <laughs> oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get it. <laughs> uh, and then we'll- uh, You know what? You know what it's going to be? It'll be like, oh, my God, I can't get it. What? You can suddenly buy it? Why are these prices so high? It should have been 480 It should have been 450 Oh, my God. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Just, like, make up your mind. Uh, also, Juan Rodriguez said, uh, said, just recovered from my roast session. Uh, in, all, <laughs> in all honesty, I'm, I'm hoping for availability to open up so I can replace my 3400G. Uh, so, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, no, you one, gotta. one question I have: uh, Where do you think, where do you think N- Nvidia hits back? Because you, you know Nvidia is gonna hit back at this point. Now that now that the sixty seven hundred XT is announced, what what's their next I, move? I think I think I was talking about it last week. I think now that they've rolled out the anti Ethereum mining measures with the RTX thirty sixty. Uh, I don't think they're going to punch back in any way with the existing 3070 and 3060. What they're going to do is prioritize rolling out TI refreshes, although you can't with the 3060 TI, I guess. Uh, but they're going to roll out a 3070 TI and a 3080 TI that include those mining nerfs and more memory to compete with AMD's higher memory uh, sooner rather than later, would be my guess. And I also think they're going to continue sprinting ahead of AMD to get lower end models out because these cards are crazy expensive. The the sooner we can get, you know, a thirty fifty. Uh, we even gonna might even bring back a thirty forty at this point, considering that thirty sixty is three hundred and thirty bucks. And I expect them to sprint out and just keep just trying to stay ahead of A and D on the lower end. Do you do you really think? A, do you, have you seen sort of that back and forth slow down though? Because it feels like everybody's just at capacity. So why even bother? Like maybe there isn't the usual sort of reaction this time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to see lower-end cards, like super lower-end cards. Uh, there's not as much. Usually, like when AMD launches a new card, uh, NVIDIA launch first at a higher price, and they go, fine, we just knocked 100 bucks off the 1080. Cool, you can get it for 100 bucks cheaper now. I don't think we're going to see that this generation whatsoever. It's not going to be quite as deep as a price war. In the past, AMD was much more competitive with pricing, I feel. This time around, they know they have a 
like our DNA two is a good ass product and it stands aside from the lack of DLSS pretty much toe to toe with what NVIDIA is putting out. So they're pricing it as such. So I think there's much less incentive for AMD to punch back because everything is kind of slotting in where you would expect it to be. Yeah. I do think the wild card is what happens with the human malware situation. So like news was it yesterday for the U.S. supposedly we're supposed to have enough vaccines for all adults, I guess, by mm-hmm. May. I mean, if that happens, that could completely change what we see in terms of demand and then, you know, what scalpers are going to see as a viable, you know, business model for them in terms of what's going to sell and what's not. So, I mean, by summer, things could could look different. Yeah, and actually, it's a, it's a really good point, Elena, because people have been cooped up for a year now. And you're gonna, we're going to get to better weather in, you know, the northern hemisphere. Maybe people are like, I want to go outside. I just want to go outside. I want to go outside so bad. Exactly. So I do wonder if that's going to, like, we'll see that balloon finally pop. And, you know, that sort of solves everything because scalpers are only there because they're oppor- it's an opportunistic market. If prices get low enough, they're going to vanish. Mining will probably always be there. But if the scalpers go away, that will probably relieve a lot of it. And then people just simply, and then as well as the appetite, people just want to go out. Then yeah, yep. that's that's when I think when people say they need to just wait until they have a a Costco warehouse full of graphics cards and then sell them. The huge risk there for any company is you have this inventory now that basically, when when the bubble pops, you're just left you're just left holding it right. They that's, can't. That almost bankrupted AMD with the 5800 series. So they can't, yeah, they can't do that. They have, they have to answer to shareholders, shareholders. I want my money now this quarter, right? So that's, that's how it works. They, they can't, they can't just build up inventory just to, to keep customers happy. I'm, I'm not as optimistic as Elena or baby Gordon as, you know, this possibly freeing up anytime soon. I think it's going to gradually get a little bit better, a little bit better as all this happens. But I think, uh, one, the chips themselves, like getting manufactured at TSMC in the case of the Radeon cards, uh, is, is going to be a logjam. It's going to continue to be a logjam. There was reports this week that now Taiwan's suffering from droughts, which affects foundries to the extent that they're like trucking in trucks full of water to continue to make chips at this point. So I think that's going to play into it. Uh, and again, a big part of it that people forget is that the shipping and logistics concerns is a massive part of the price increase for the retail price, not even counting the scalpers or the miners. Uh, and I expect that to get slowly better as time goes on. Once America, Taiwan, China, a lot of people are vaccinated. Maybe we'll see a little bit more traffic back and forth, but I don't expect it to magically just instantly become better overnight. No, I think I even think once we all have nice. vaccines, because in previous graphics cards generations like a lot of this gets shipped on boats and planes in the cargo holds holds passenger stuff like if delta has a flight that has you know x amount of capacity left asus can say hey i want to buy some of that at a discounted rate we'll fill you up and you can bring our cards over here and i think we're not going to see that going back and forth between china and the u.s anytime soon and so that is going to continue to play a big role I, I don't Thanks, like, Brad. <laughs> I mean, I, the thing is, is that I'm mentioning this not because I, I'm optimistic per se. I just think that 
this is just a factor that will mm -hmm. have a huge influence on everything you just mentioned, right? Because if people have this huge appetite for being outdoors, that'll reduce the, you know, the hunger for graphics cards, but it will also increase things like flights because if people are able to travel safely again and people want to go out, then the airlines are going to also be ramping up to try to meet that demand. And, and instead, and instead of being uh, graphics cards that's the shortage maybe it's seats on an airplane but if there are more planes then that helps with the logistics side of things so for people in this hobby specifically people going back outside may be a great thing yeah plus plus also money spent on a you know a vacation you can suddenly take is money you can't spend on a, on a new graphics card or cpu so that, exactly. that changes things too i I, I'm optimistic. I'm we're, optimistic. We're forgetting that, you know, during this, uh, all these people cooped up, they, they got real hardcore uh, gaming addictions now. You know, they, they, yeah. they can't they can't get away from their games. <laughs> Even if the world opens up, man, you, you got games to play. What are you talking about? You have an epic free games backlog that you need to catch up on. <laughs> exactly. You I know, got too many it, games to go outside. It does. It does. Actually, I'm interested to see. Hopefully there is some research at the end of this. You know, of course, as someone who has lived through decades of people trying to kill, literally kill the PC, just trying to say it's dead, kill the PC, everybody wants it dead. We have seen uh, a resurgence of PCs, PC enthusiasts, PC gaming that honestly, it feels more vibrant than it did in the 1990s, which, you know, was a golden age for PC gaming. And it's really changed. I do wonder with this forced lockdown and you know we literally have probably added millions of new you know pc gamers right and they now want to play games on a, a pc and they recognize that having a desktop pc is a cool thing and not just kind of like thing they want to get rid of so i i wonder what the long-term effect will that will be too I, I mean honestly like i've been surprised just anecdotally for me personally, the amount of family and friends who've reached out to me in the past year and said, hey, I want a gaming PC for, for whatever reason. Some of them are like, oh, I can't get a console. Should I look at building a PC? Hey, I'm at home. I, I, you know, I've, I've got nothing to do. Should, should I play some games on a PC? I've heard about this. I, like Anecdotally, like, <laughs> I've definitely had an upswing in people who I never thought would be interested uh, actually get interested. So, the rest yeah. of my family, the rest of my family picked it up. Like my kids were somewhat PC gamers before. They'd sit at my computer and play Sonic Racing, All Stars, and Goat Simulator and stuff. But over the past year, they like now hunt out dedicated Minecraft servers to play certain games, and they play online with their friends and stuff like that. And my wife plays now. My wife works at an elementary school, and she was saying over the past year, it's like it's surprising to her how many kids now say, "Hey, doesn't your husband work for PC World?" Because they know that at the school. How can I build a gaming PC? Because I really want to build a gaming PC and play Fortnite with my homies. It's usually Fortnite. Like she said, she never used to hear that. People are like, oh, I want to switch. You know, I want an Xbox. But over the past year, she's hearing from lots of kids that they want to build a gaming PC and they want to figure out how to do that. And it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do wonder if it's sort of like, you know, PCs where they really excel is as a personal gaming platform because you're sort of sucked into this small little bubble as you're in front of your monitor. And the last year, that's actually been a good thing because a lot of people don't have huge houses. It's not like if you, you know, consoles are good for console gaming, but one thing about a console game is if you're sitting in the living room playing 
you know, it's a very public space. You're playing your game and it's a great big, huge thing. Whereas you're sitting in front of your computer, you've got all the lights and everything and your, your gaming chair. You're just kind of like you're cocooned in your gaming system. I think that, that kind of style worked really well with the circumstance of the last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Elena? Yep. <laughs> no. I wasn't going to take the bait, but okay. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, you can hook up a console to a monitor and sit at your desk. I mean, that's honestly part of the, the, I want to say strategy, but part of what Microsoft has taken into account with their systems and even PlayStation to a degree. Um, but uh, yeah, 1440p gaming is a thing for Xbox series, uh, you know, S or X. And I honestly have the, when I was testing with it, the X was hooked up at my desk, not on a, not my TV. Is there actually, I mean, do you find that most console, serious console gamers play on a TV? They would rather have a great big 60 inch TV or would they rather have a, a panel in front of them? not about what they it's not necessarily what i'm trying to say is that as a gross generalization i mean as a gross generalization yeah it's still more of a living room type experience what i'm saying is that you know even before the pandemic there are people who lived in you know really cramped quarters like you live you're in your room because maybe you have a bunch of siblings or the house is just you know you have to share the, the shared areas common areas much more or you live in a dorm so you're not necessarily gonna be able to hog or even fit a tv into your dorm room so there are, there are definitely cases for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Now there's 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 plenty of people who 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 do that situation. Even yeah. people we I'm know. Say, yeah. I'm not saying that it's common, like the general way of things. I'm just saying that it's the bubble that you speak of is not exclusive to PC. <laughs> no, no, of course not. But it is not the primary. You can play PC gaming on a TV too, but I would, you know, I would argue 95 percent of it is done on a on a panel. You know, in a room, it's so I would think I would sort of assume the opposite, but maybe it's not quite that, you know, maybe it's like 80, 20 split. Not it's a, a, it's not quite the same in, for like the opposite, just because PC gaming for me, at least like it's a harder translation to living room, just because if you're a mouse and keyboard player, it's a little more awkward to have that in a living room setup. Whereas if you're playing on a controller already going to just like a smaller desk type setup. It doesn't feel as, uh, I think, jarring. Yeah, but a lot of people play uh, games on Steam with a controller, right, Adam? <laughs> All the time. Yeah, but if you if you hook a gaming PC up to uh, a monitor, the interface isn't always set up for it. But regardless, I think that you know most console gamers play on TV. Most PC gamers play on displays. But there are people who do the opposite for each and whatever. It's good to have options. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, somebody else, uh, last thing, uh, that I want to bring up before, before we get out of here, I know we got a, a hard out, uh, is, uh, people are saying, Hey, you know, does this, when's Intel coming out with their stuff? When, when can we expect Intel GPUs? I'm not sure if it's official or rumors, but I heard sometime later this year for Intel HPGZ or ZHPG. Z is the name or XE is the name of their new graphics cards, the new dedicated graphics architecture, which is not dedicated, I guess, because it's actually inside of mobile GPUs. But uh, they just came out with their first ZLP, low-power discrete graphics cards and laptops and a handful of pre-built desktops. Uh, I tested it in the Acer Swift 3X last week. You can go check it out. That is mostly for uh, content creation, though. It's not really intended for gaming, though it does fine low-end gaming. 
What we're waiting for is the ZHPG, which stands for High Performance Gaming, discrete desktop graphics cards, which I think are on track for the by the end of the year sometime. Don't quote me on that, but that's that's what I have in my head. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The official roadmap was I felt like it was almost first quarter of 2022, but then I've heard people say no, it's going to be a lot sooner. So um, we'll see. It's coming. We'll see. You know, and the it was described to me as yeah, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be a worthy contender, but you know, and it would be the perfect timing to get it out during the during times when you know uh, when you can't buy an amd or nvidia card so it'd be good timing for intel to do it you, you gotta imagine they're trying to like we need to get this thing out of breakneck speed to to break into this market because they're trying to break into something they've never had success with before so the timing is timing is everything on this so i would hope it's sooner rather than later because <laughs> coming out with a brand new graphics card in 2022 when ain't nobody wants to sit in an office to play games would not probably be as good as coming out with it, you know, in the next three months. Not only that, like, yes, I agree 100%. Next year, people are going to be looking to get outside later this year. Uh, but if this mining bubble does indeed burst, as it has historically, it goes up and down. Uh, the last two times this has happened, tons of used GPUs flooded the market for less than MSRP. So while we're in bleak times right now, hopefully a year from now, there'll be a lot of used mining GPUs available and it would be real hard to launch a gra new graphics card line in those circumstances. Cause people are going to be like, I could spend $300 on this $300 on a 1080 Intel Ti GPU. That's worth roughly three. Yeah. Or I could buy not even a 1080 Ti, a 3070 for $300 rather than 500 bucks. If, so. if it ever comes back to, to normal. Yeah. That's, that's the question. I'm, I'm going to put it down on paper. I think by I'm 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 very optimistic. Elena has made me feel better. I think by this summer prices won't be MSRP, but they will get to a reason. You'll be able to buy them actually. So, so I think people will feel a lot better by July to August. I think people will be like, "Hey, I can get whatever I want now." Sort of just a little premium, but I'm I'm if, I'm going to make that bet. If you can buy, like I still think, like the. The 6800 series cards, for example, those are supposed to be 650 bucks. The custom cards are 800 bucks, which is a ridiculous markup compared to any previous generation. But if we get to the point where you can go reliably buy those custom 6800s for the $800 that are being charged, yes, it's still expensive. But if you can get them, just go buy one from Newegg for that price. It'll be a lot better than what we're at now, where you're paying twice that as scalpers. Right. Incredibly so. I'm, I'm just putting that one down. I'm being optimistic here, so. I think our that. situation will improve. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then we can it's go back like to the, the console gamers uh, coming for us PCs. Right. That happened. <laughs> uh, I do think I essentially because I well think back to the last time the, the situation was that bad with the mining when you know about what four years ago, three yeah. years ago with the, yeah. you know, RX 580s were stupidly, incredibly overpriced, uh, you know, and, and it's funny that it's like then there was like about a you couldn't have, you don't even remember that period you know so it'll everybody will look back and say wow I don't even remember it being that bad so yep, yep. or I'm being too optimistic here no I, I I'm hoping <laughs> we'll I'm right see. there with you. 
yeah, yeah. let's uh Fingers let's get crossed. out of here uh we'll, we'll have more to talk about uh obviously the launch you know we, we've we've got a little bit of time but i'm sure there'll, there'll be plenty of questions on on people's minds uh up until then i do want to do cover one bit of housekeeping uh, thing real quick I, I keep meaning to say this at the beginning of the show so i remind me to do it next week too uh for audio listeners uh we uh, did uh, change over um hosting platforms so there has been a couple problems here on there uh in terms of which podcast app you use to download the feeds there is a new feed i've i think i've mostly ironed out uh all of the things uh if you listen on spotify the that's the only one where you have to sign up for uh the new the new feed the old one just disappeared off the face of the earth so that was a, a bummer but uh if spotify yeah. ah, spotify yeah so just so you know new new podcast feeds if you're listening to audio uh you know if if it hasn't updated uh, tweet at me uh, whatever you know and, and we'll get you ironed out i think most of the kinks are ironed out also i know that some of the back episodes didn't port over to the new platform i have to go Ooh. pull those off of our old uh nas unit that 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 isn't remotely accessible so uh those will be back up as well uh in the near future so yeah just w- want to get that out of the way uh something i've been dealing with on the back end so uh also we, we have a question okay. from uh uh I, I don't know how to pronounce this name necessarily but uh song jai lee says uh when's the event start <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little late a little late <laughs> yeah. uh, no uh also for song no resizable bar for you either so. oh man what a bummer <laughs> what a bummer all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Fine, folks. Uh, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. But only if you resubscribe to us on Spotify. Same actually, questions actually, and comments quick, for the Full Gordon, Nerd. We'll have to change that because Google Play doesn't exist anymore. It's it's Google Podcasts. Oh, good lord! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Yeah, no more. No For more audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes. Whatever Google product they've decided to call it that week, we don't know. Randomly, it's a random number generator, I'm sure. Also, Spotify, you need to resubscribe to us. Ain't no one getting to us at all now, Adam. And Stitcher. And send questions and comments to the fullnerd.pcworld.com. Also, please leave a review on any of those uh, services. Every time you do a a singular person is banned from getting resizable bar features on their motherboard. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios, y'all. Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. If I configured it the right way, the music should play now. Dang it. Dang it. All right. It didn't. So I'm just going to fade to black. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. We just slunk away. That's just sad. <laughs>